Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is a Tuesday, and that means one thing. We go out to The Zone phone. Joining us now, of course, he's the television voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bowler-Jack with us on The Big Show. What's up, Bowler? Hey, Jake, Gordon, Big Show. How are you? We're great, Bowler. How are you doing, man? How are things? You good? I'm good. I've got the car warming up. I'm about ready to jump and go. Um, Detroit tonight, 8 o'clock, restart a win streak. Let's hope. Yeah. Well, uh, give us your takeaways from Denver, Bowler. Uh, what do you think? Is that just a, a blip in the radar or something more concerning? Well, gosh, Jake, that's a good question. After you win 11 in a row, you know it's going to end. Uh, road is always a difficult one to do. And, and, you know, I would almost have bet, and when I went into that game thinking this is going to be difficult to win twice in two weeks, you know, at uh, in the Mile High City. But, you know, it's the way it started. Um, you, you still have to – the Jazz still maybe learning, you know, again, every game you have to come out and establish yourself and physicality. I think you just didn't see a lot of that, you know, in the second half. Yes. Once they went to the locker room, I thought they turned the game around, cut it down into single digits, but still lost by 11. Um, but you know what? Jokic is extremely talented uh, and he dominated plain and simple. Um, you know, they try to switch, uh, Rudy was out and try to rotate back, and then Jokic would pull for the three and 47, and it hit an 18 threes. And the way they started that game, hard to recover. Even though the Jazz made it, I thought a, a really terrific run to get it close. They just couldn't close, and that's a good team. Denver's a good team. Muller, I know you're not Sigmund Freud, but why do you <laughs> suppose the Jazz started that game the way they did? Because it seemed like there was a lack of focus. The defense was loose. The intensity wasn't particularly high. As you mentioned, it picked up as the game went on later on. But by then, it was pretty much done. It was. You know, I mean, we've been in this world before. And that's a question I don't know how you answer it, Gordon, because, you know, a lot of pro and amateur teams, you think, wow, they've really got it. Then one night, they just don't. Um, I thought Donovan coming back, you know, maybe some pressure. I I thought he still kind of played a little cloudy, so to speak, after – missing the two games with the concussion protocol. I didn't see a lot of hops, a lot of, you know, energy in his play. But, you know, he still, he still, you know, he was three of 12, and he had three threes, but just not the regular Donovan. Some turnover, I still think, is a big issue, Gordon and Jake, for the Jazz. And I'd like to see them close that down. Look, it's, it's not maybe the number 15 is doable, but it's the points that are being scored off those miscues and teams take advantage when the jazz, you know, give the ball away 28 points um, by Denver. So what I've, what I've watched lately too, is the pass over the top where teams know it's coming and they just walk right through it and pick it off about three quarters of the way through, you know, sometimes that one end to the other in the corner for the three Um, that's been a problem. So, um, that's something I think they have to tighten up as the season continues on. You just cannot give your opponent 28 points if you expect to win, especially on the road. Gordon, you've, or uh, Bowler, you've watched a lot of NBA basketball over your career, certainly. Have you ever seen a player quite like Jokic? 
No, I'll be honest. The second rounder for one and footwork that's better than I expected and very crafty. Um, he's really learned, Jake, how to use his body uh, to feel pressure and lean right or left and roll. And he's been able to, you know, load up and fire from three. Or the one sequence, if you remember, was he got two offensive rebounds after the missed shot. And his hops, unless the Jazz were just simply flat-footed, and I thought they were, but yet he was the more aggressive player. And I think that's what's impressing me the most as he continues this journey is that he's uh, learned. I think he really believes he's, he's really good. And I think he's out to prove it like Gobert on a nightly basis. Say, hey, look at me. Uh, this isn't some, um, let's just say, anomaly. But I'm really good, and I'm getting better. And I was, again, impressed with his dominance. He didn't seem to be... Jake, I'll be honest with you, and Gordon, I didn't think he was intimidated with Gobert's, you know, uh, abilities or, you know, guarding the paint, uh, putting a hand in his face. Uh, I just thought he was a dominant player that night, and um, I don't see him slowing down right now. He's good, and we saw that in the bubble, right, in the first round last year in the playoffs. Uh, up 3-1, lost 4-3. But Jamal Murray, you know, is another, another guy that the Jazz are going to have to defend and figure out. Because I wouldn't be surprised as the season goes on, you got to play through Denver in some way, or they're going to say we got to play through Utah. It's a good series. It's a good rivalry that's built, and uh, there's a lot of talent on both sides of the, on both sides of the ball. Well, or what do you think Rudy has to do to cover a guy like that? I mean, it seems like you got to crowd him because you can't give him yeah. space. No. He shoots over you, but if you get if you get into him, then he has those those crafty spin moves. And, and Rudy did look a step slow in that game. He just looked a little lost to me. I thought you just said it. I think you got to crowd and get physical and also force him to pick up a foul or two to maybe take, you know, the, the confidence away. I just don't think the Jazz at times, you know, just keep the pressure on. You, you said, I mean, we just talked about the second half was a totally different look and approach uh, to what, you know, they did to Jokic and defending the three. Uh, rotating over, helping Rudy. You know, he tries to slide back, but again, Jokic is really good with space. He doesn't need much, but he's also really good, Jake, with the step back. And that's in the three-point category in the mid-range as well. But I still think he's gotten better down low, feeling Gobert and the other, you know, bigs that try to corral him is feeling which way he can run the shoulder and rotates off of it and spins in. Uh, he's He is... He um, by far, much improved, uh, even the early part of last season. And then, of course, I thought made a huge jump in the bubble, and he's he's continued on so far. Fuller, let's talk about the Pistons a little bit. Uh, the last time we saw this team, the Jazz won in Detroit, 96-86. to 86, And uh, Blake Griffin, it seemed to me, looks like a completely different player, like those injuries may have caught up with him. But then, a few nights ago, they beat the Lakers, you know, and Blake Griffin has a huge game. What do you expect from Detroit tonight? Well, the, the centerpiece really with Dwayne Casey is getting Jeremy Grant, you know, to come over from from Denver. And his numbers have, you know, really improved since being kind of a rotation player with the Nuggets of being a starter. I mean, he scored 28. You mentioned that first game back on the 10th of January. And, you know, he was solid from start to finish and the jazz got off to a great start had a huge lapse. Detroit came back, but the jazz ended up winning by 10, but again, they stood up and kind of regrouped defensively and only allowed what 80, 85, 86 points in that game. But 
you know, getting back to Jeremy Grant, I think he's just found, you know, the green light like Jordan Clarkson has with the Jazz. This is the guy that they're going to build around. And, Gordon, to your point, I think Blake is not, of course, not the player he was. He's been injured multiple times. Um, he's going to be 32 in March. That's still young. But remember, he set out that first year, remember, with a with an injury when he came out number one out of Oklahoma. But, you know, his rebounds are down. His assists are about even. But his points, you know, he's like over nearly 22 points a game in his career. He's down to 12. So he's really not getting a lot of touches. He can still shoot the three. But that's kind of where his game's going. It's more outside instead of that power game that he had when he came into the league and, uh, you know, running at you like LeBron still does downhill at the rim. Fuller, you brought up, you, you said a word when you were talking about Rudy's struggles earlier, physical. Can the Jazz be physical? Is it in their nature to be physical? Because they were getting pushed around by the Nuggets early on. That that can't ha- that can't happen. Not in not if they're preparing for the playoffs. No, I, I think they had the word is then consistent physicality when needed. They have to respond. If a team, I think the league, you know, talking to some, you know, other broadcasters around the league, you know, the the take on the Jazz is if you can push them, uh, Rudy for per se off the block or go out and get physical on the perimeter and shut down that extra pass, which the Jazz are so well-known for, then you can stop them or make it much more difficult to make those shots. And I thought Denver did exactly that. You know, body up, double. Uh, but if you do double like a Donovan or a Bogdanovich, then, you know, you've got an open man, so you've got to make shots on top of that. So the Jazz are still throwing threes down. Uh, you know, in the first 20 games, they've set an NBA record in three-point attempts and three-point makes. And that's an amazing stat for the Utah Jazz, which really we never would have thought would have become a three-point shooting team. But, guys, they are. Um, and they're pretty pretty damn good at it. But uh, it's it's strange. You know, sometimes I feel like if one or two players are off, it kind of just filters through the rest of the team. Um, you know, Clarkson had a slow go at it, too, in, in Denver. And, you know, those are the type of guys, along with Joe, who Joe was fairly solid, but you just have to have that team concept. This is a team that fuels off one another. And it seems like if one or two wheels begin to wobble, they just kind of, you know, the next two go with it. But, look, 11 in a row is an incredible feat. They're still the top three teams, one of the top three teams in the NBA, record-wide. So, you know, we're talking about negativity, but we're talking about what they can do to become even better and more dominant. You know, tonight's a quick homestand for one, you know, one gamer. And then you jump on the road for three, and they played well away, you know, from Salt Lake City. And they've got a home record of 8-2, and two, one of the tops in the league. So, you know, things are good. I mean, it's the best record. I didn't realize this until the day. Best start of 20 games since uh, the 2000-2001 20, season. Do the math. That's 20 years ago, 15-5. and five. That's the best start in 20 years uh, for the Jazz. And Buller, they did that with Bogdanovich struggling to find his shot, and now he's strung a couple of good games together. I mean, that's probably a pretty positive thing. Oh, I think they have to feel good. Um, Jake, you know, again, coming off that wrist, I thought he just, you know, again, kept looking at it, stretching it, put the wrap on, put the uh, orthopedic tape on uh, to try to give it support, and I think he just decided to go for it. And the last two, he's averaging over 30 a game, 32 and 29. That's that's the bogey that people expect. Uh, every game, you know, 20 was what he averaged a year ago, so he's at a higher level right now, but he seems really confident, 
confident uh, with the three. And I like this. I still like the fact that the guy can. And I didn't realize this when he came over a year ago. That he was actually pretty strong at the rim, and he, you know he doesn't hesitate to drive inside too. So it's a real plus. You get Bogey, and now get Donovan maybe back in stride tonight. I think the Jazz will will figure things out. Uh, but I still think Gordon, the point too is is the consistency they have to play defensively. Uh, and if they get pushed around, they have to answer. I mean, they just have to. And, you know, again, I'm sure Quinn's very well aware of that. And you said, are they made to do that? I think there's some guys with attitude. We know Joe has it. I think Royce O'Neal gets into the body and, and, and pushes people around. Um, you know, and I think Rudy wants to. But, again, 7-1, tough, a little smaller, lower body. But I think he's improved, though, with the base of where he stands in the paint. Uh, that's a lot of talk, I know, but, um, you know, there's always room for improvement, and I think Quinn knows that, of course, as well as anybody. Jake and I have been talking about this bowler over and over again, that the offense starts with the defense, and when the defense do play that, uh, the Jazz do play that tough defense, then they get in they, they get in transition, they get easier baskets, they get energy, good things start happening, and uh, that was absent early against the Nuggets. Uh, but I, I'll be keen to see if they get on that horse again tonight and get that taken care of because that's how they get really, really good. And I, I think they have been really good at that. And then Jake and I were also talking about that the Jazz do that Euro foul to stop the fast break the other right, way. Right, And And, and I mentioned, and uh, Jake, I don't know if you agree with me on this, but that enables them to go ahead and crash those offensive boards because if they, if the other team gets the rebound and they're running, they know someone can commit a foul and stop that whole thing. Hey, do you, do you guys argue about offense fuels defense or defense fuels offense with this team? I think I think it's the latter. I think defense does fuel offense, certainly in the case of the Jazz. Jake, what if the Jazz run off uh, 15 with three threes and a couple of dunks? Does that fuel the defense and hype hypes the Jazz on the other side of the ball? Just, I get asked this all the time. I'm yeah. just curious what your argument is because Boone thinks one way, uh, Matt thinks another, and so does Thurl. I mean, it's really an amazing thing to ask former players, but it, it's also, I think, depends on what position you played and what your focus of what your talent level was, too, if you were a defender versus an offensive player like Boone. Well, I and then you talk to somebody like Coach Chiesa who talks about when you see the, the ball go in, you have an extra pep in your step, and it makes you better defensively. Uh, the the truth is, there's probably not a a right answer to that yeah. bowler, and it's different depending on the matchups. Because during that 11 game streak, we saw defense win them uh, some nights, like against the Pistons, for example. But then we saw those moments, like against the Pelicans, where the Jazz, you know, uh, all of a sudden the barrage of threes happens in the third quarter, and the game's over. So I don't know. I don't know if there is a good answer uh, with yeah. this Jazz team, and that's a good thing, I think. Though, if you can win games multiple ways, well, and what if you, you look think, at the Gordo? ratings, you know, Jake and Gordo. Though you look at the ratings in the league right now, top six, three uh, in offense and defensive ratings. So basically, the answer is it's both yeah. for this team, <laughs> right? And Gordon, to your point, you get a big Gobert swat that can get out to the floor and 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 fuel a breakaway on the other end. So there you go. There's a definition of a defensive play, a Gobert block that turns into a, a runaway bucket at the rim, uh, or someone decides to pull the trigger on a trailer three. I mean, it just depends on what happens. But I love the discussion. And, you know, I think for the Jazz, it really – I'm not trying to dodge the question, but I, I was looking at numbers. I'm, you know, locks getting to me, I guess. But it's it's very true. 
that this team has a very interesting ability to do both. And you know what? In the long run, that really may play into their hand uh, as the season progresses. I mean, we're only 20 games in, uh, so 52 to play. There's a long road ahead, but it sure is intriguing to watch this team. I think it's the other thing, too. This is a team. Uh, it's like the Pistons of old when they won it. Uh, can the Jazz bring a title to Utah? It's going to, hey, it's tough. Look, top three right now in the league. It's an awesome beginning for this franchise. But, again, the, the road is long. You know what? You got some luck along the way, and you got to stay healthy. And so far, you know, they won two games without Donovan in concussion protocol, and they looked really good doing it. So um, let's see what happens tonight against a Detroit team that's won just five games. But a warning, they have beaten Miami, they have beaten Philly, and they have beaten the Lakers. Of those five, of those five wins, pretty good. That's a pretty good trio of victories to to, to tout. Well, Lord, did you say the score last time was ninety six to eighty six? If that's the case, then the Jazz is going to have to play some defense tonight. Yeah, they got out to an incredible start. They had a thirty four. I'm just looking down at my note. Thirty four nineteen lead after one, and then Detroit made a big push behind Grant uh, and. The Jazz stiffened up defensively. Detroit only shot 33%, and most of that shutdown came, of course, after the run. That's when, remember, Quinn Snyder just laid his clipboard down and said, you guys figure it out? Oh, yeah. yeah. And that yeah. was the launching point, really, of, of winning that game in kind of an ugly fashion. But it was, yeah, 90, 96-86. Um, and, you know, the Jazz got the job done. Sometimes you have to win ugly, right? Uh, but Donovan had 28 in that game, and so did Jeremy Grant. He had 28 uh, for for uh, Detroit. So, hey, I'm I'm looking to see how the Jets start tonight. Got a few extra fans in the crowd. Uh, by the way, I think they opened up a little bit of the upper deck. So, uh, anxious to see if the crowd noise elevates a little bit and helps this team get back at it. Hey, Bowler, we've got a, an 11 a.m. game on Sunday, which works out well for you. It's going to get you home in time to watch your Chiefs. Oh, absolutely. You know what? When I saw that, don't change the time on me. Come on, man. 11 o'clock, be home by 2.30, 3 o'clock at the latest, unless it goes triple OT, which it probably will, and then I get home for the 4.30 <laughs> kick to see uh, Mahomes and Brady. Um, I, I did, That's an intriguing matchup, guys. I can't wait to see how this one turns out. Now, now, Bowler, Bowler, you need to know, you need to be aware that my good friend Jake Scott has been dogging your Chiefs all really? week. Oh, yeah. Yes, he he hates the Chiefs. I don't like he the hates, Chiefs. It's he, true. He hates Tom. He hates Tom Brady, but he hates Tom Brady less than he hates the Chiefs. And I thought wow. you should know that. I'm rooting for the Bucks, Bowler. I'm sorry. Wow. Well, no. You know, I hey. wish all the best for you personally, but I can't root for the Chiefs, man. Yeah, is there something with Andy or Mahomes or Tyreek? No, it, it, it goes back a ways. I've been rooting oh. against the Chiefs for a while. It's all right. Okay. What, does it, what does it go back to? I, I'm what told it, you, Gordon. It? I've got my reasons. Sounds Don't like, worry about sounds it. Like, but... Sounds like couch time, Jake. I don't know, man. It's, uh... I, I just, you know, Bowler, I have more teams that I root against instead of you. root for, and the Chiefs yeah. just happen to be one of those. Yeah. yeah. Did you yeah. have an old girlfriend that was a Chiefs fan and she dumped you or something? And also, uh, Bowler, uh, Gordon loves to pick the favorites so much, he's going to pick the Chiefs, <laughs> and so I'm actually rooting against Gordon, too. Okay, that makes so, total sense then. Yeah. In this convo, I, I totally accept that. Right. I get it. No, my, my pick was purely out of respect for Bowler. Because I know he's a big Chiefs guy, <laughs> and and I picked him to win before the season started. I, I remember, and you took heat for saying, "Why don't you just pick the the Super Bowl uh, champions to repeat?" And that's what you did, and here they are. Yeah. 
Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Jake. Yeah, you love the favorite. I know, Gordon. It's all right. But, <laughs> but you know, I, I'm glad that Bowler gets to, you know, work a jazz game, which I know he loves, and uh, and be home in time to watch the NFL team that he loves. It's I think a double-dip day for me. That's you know what? what? You get a jazz win in your pocket, go home, watch, uh, the you know, Brady, one of the greats, against Mahomes, who's building his rep as we speak. So uh, I think it's incredibly intriguing, but it is played in Tampa. So, you know, that seems a little awkward, but – so be it, right? The Bucks earned it, and there they are. Yep. Well, Bowler, what's your food of choice? You know, I love that seven-layer dip with some cheese, sour cream, guacamole, uh, you know, and tortilla chips. Uh, that's a big go-to uh, and fill the plate multiple times during the course of uh, four hours of football. Uh, chips dip, I love it. Uh, that's a real weakness of mine. All right, Bowler. Well, we'll see uh, see you here at the arena tonight, buddy. Thanks for jumping on. Hey, guys, anytime. Uh, stay safe. We'll see you soon. Go Jazz. Thanks, Bowler. There you go. The great Craig Bowler Jack. Uh, catch him tonight, of course, AT&T Sportsnet. Let's jump out of the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, the one and only Andrew Reinhardt. And, Andrew, you mentioned this earlier today. There might be some anxiety for folks surrounding Valentine's Day, which is swiftly approaching don't uh, don't fret about it. Get something done. Yeah, that's right. February is kind of the month of love and relationships, right? Uh, but if you're struggling in the bedroom, there's sure a lot of pressure to perform. Uh, and I, I, we know like, a lot of guys that kind of dread that holiday. But no longer. Wasatch Medical Clinic uses acoustic wave therapy. This is the most advanced version. Actually, the most two uh, the two most advanced versions that open up and regrow blood vessels. Uh, restore spontaneity. The big attraction, Jake, is no pill, no injections, no surgery. It's really the root cause problem of ED, damaged blood vessels, and that gets the on-demand function back. And and if you think about it, Andrew, the pill and those solutions to the symptom, by the way, not the problem, but the symptom, they've been around for a long, long time. I mean, this area was due, uh, you know, a, a kind of advancement, and that's what this is. It really was. The the pills came out for ED in the early 90s, and nothing happened for 30 years. Uh, For a lot of guys, the pill never delivers the results in the first place. For most guys, it causes a lot of side effects. And I should add that if the pill does work, someday your body will build up a tolerance and it will likely stop working. All right, 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. That's the number you got to call, and uh, you'll you'll uh, find out if this is a good fit for our listeners with the doctor, right? Yes, call us, and that assessment with the doctor that we do, which is basically a screening, is free. He'll do a blood flow ultrasound for free, and uh, we'll throw in a little special gift. It produces instant results in the bedroom. I don't see that fail maybe ever, so it's great. Give us a call. There's a lot of value here. No charge. All right. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, guys. All right. There you go. Andrew from Wasatch Medical Clinic. That number again, 801-901-8000. Coming up next, drop of the day, also known as Sounds Various Clips, one of my very favorite clips of all time. Coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone.
days uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you about our uh, good friends at Jimmy's Flowers. Uh, a, um, Valentine's Day is coming up quick, Gordon, and of course we know that uh, flowers always make the best gift, and that's where Jimmy's comes in. Uh, get on it before uh, while the selection is the best, they can have it delivered for you as well. Jimmy's Flowers with locations in Ogden, Layton, and Bountiful. Also, Jimmy'sFlowers.com. That's Jimmy'sFlowers.com. Uh, Gordon, with uh, with Austin not with us today, Eric and I were kind of brainstorming over what to do for drop of the day today. So I I remembered one of my favorite clips, and I don't know if uh, I don't know if you've heard this one. I was trying to think of one maybe you haven't heard. All right. Oh well, let's uh, let's give it a whirl, and I'll uh, I'll let you know if I've heard it. So this was a famous post game press conference after Boston College was eliminated uh, from the ACC tournament, I believe. In a season where Boston College, this is 2016, in a season where they went 0 and 18 in conference play, Gordon. That's okay. that's not good. Last I checked, mm, 0 no. and 18 in conference play, and this is their senior Dennis Clifford at the podium giving his press conference. Here you go, Cliff. What's your what are you going to take away as your best memory from playing basketball at Boston College? Probably just like. Going out to eat. <laughs> what, what was the best part about playing for Boston College? Going out to eat. <laughs> oh, and he's like, so I don't know if you've ever seen the video clip, but he's emotional. I mean, he's got like tears in his eyes. He says going out to eat. Yeah. Well, he had to give that a lot of thought. He had to sort through well, Eric even cut oh. down on some of the pause. I mean, the pause was like 20 yeah, but seconds the long. the pause is insane. Yeah. It's like 20 seconds legitimately. Wow. <laughs> Going out to eat. Well, that tells me he couldn't think of anything. Yeah, you so. think? Exactly. He just went 0-18. He's one of the worst teams went... in ACC history. What's the best okay, part so about what... this season <clears throat> with Boston College? So what went through it? Let's think about what might have gone through his mind. All right? 0-18. So... What was the best part? And, Jake, I'm going to put you in his shoes. What could have been the best part? Going out to eat. I think he was 100% I think he was 100% serious about that. Uh, well, I, I mean, what are the other options? I mean, what else? The bus rides? I, don't, I mean, <laughs> I think it's funny he didn't even say his teammates or anything. He just said going out to eat. <laughs> he likes he, the food better than his teammates. Not playing the game I love, none of that stuff. Going out to eat. Mm, that's pretty funny. I had not heard that. That was good. Yep, yep. Uh, you, uh, Yeah, going back to 2016. 
one of those just memorable moments. Go so ahead. if I were to say to you, Jake Scott, what's the best part of working with uh, with the big show guys? You would say seven oh one. Uh, and going out to eat going out to eat uh my my the best part of course gordon is when i say gordon hello at the beginning of the show that's the best part of course of course you know it's all that's that's good it's that's the best part of my day i kind of wish we'd we'd heard the whole pause i mean i know that's kind of uncomfortable on the radio show but uh it's it's so no, don't don't worry about it, Eric. It's it's no, so it's okay. no, it's really it's so long that the alarm would go off in the studio. Like I mean, we'd get the the dead air alarm, and you know, uh, you know, even a few seconds of dead air on radio is is not good. This is seriously. He pauses for like twenty seconds, and then emotionally going out to eat. I don't know why I haven't heard that one, Jake. <laughs> that one's good. That's incredible. Oh, 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 and 18. If you think of it, it's kind of an insensitive question, actually. It's the best well, part of an there, 0 and 18 season. There's no good well, part. I, well, I, I, yeah, I know. But I think the question was more aimed at his entire experience playing there, not just that particular year. You know, but I'm sitting there. Well, I'm just thinking what's going. He's going through the checklist in his mind. He says, game? No, no, it's not games. Uh, my teammate? No, no, no. I don't my, like my them. Coaches? No, not no, them. No, no, not my coaches. They're terrible. No, um, the girls? Uh, I better not say that. Uh, um, uh, going to class? No, I didn't really do that. Let's see. Uh, going out to eat. But he's so emotional about it, though. He's he's like tearing up. You need to see the video. I mean, he is legit crying. <laughs> When he says going out to eat. Well, maybe, so it's not maybe. like he's trying to be a, a smart guy, you know? Well, maybe as he went through the checklist, maybe it brought him to tears. You know? Just like, <laughs> this experience was so terrible. <laughs> going out to nothing. eat. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Man. What an endorsement. A... What an endorsement of Boston College basketball. You think the coach, you know, puts that video in front of his recruits like this is what you have to look forward to well there are some nice uh there's some good eating around boston so is there what are they famous for their chowder anything else oh the best the best clam chowder i ever had was in boston it was so good and well you know seafood in general and maybe you know what else Uh, what else Uh, what do you know the guy the guy who calls the beatles the best band in history says the best chowder is from boston what a surprise no i i I just said the best that i've ever had right but i'm just i'm just worse than limp biscuit (laughs) you know where it was worse than limp biscuit I went to I went to different restaurants while I was in Boston, and I had chowder a couple of times. But the best chowder I ever had was right there in the press box at Boston College. It was spectacular. What's next? You going to tell us the best Philly cheesesteaks are in Philadelphia? <laughs> I, I suppose so. Yeah, probably. That's true. Just saying. That's all. All right. We'll have more Big Show coming up. Stay tuned. Uh, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started.
You're locked on to The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Stay tuned, it's game night, game day. On the station, Jazz taking on the Detroit Pistons tonight at 8 o'clock. Pre-game begins at 7. Coach Tim Lacombe will be in the house. We'll get you ready for pre, half, and post-game, of course, uh, as well. Gordon, I, I'm I'm almost frightened to uh, lead you down this road, but apparently we're, we're it's quiz time again. Please tell me this time, a, a, not a, 20 questions this time. No, no, just a couple questions uh, th- that I have for you right now. And I shouldn't do math on the air, but I think it was, let's see, 85 years ago today, something significant happened in sports. What's your best guess as to what it was? The birth of Gordon Monson. <laughs> Good answer. Good. No. Close. No, you missed it by a year or two. That's not it. But right. 85 years ago today was the, the first class was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Oh, okay. So, yeah, February 2nd, 1936. And so the question then becomes, Jake Scott, who were the five players who were inducted in that initial ceremony? Mordecai Three-Finger Brown. (laughs) No. Honus Wagner. Yes. Really? Yep. It's one of them. Harmon Killebrew? No, he was later. Tyrus Raymond Cobb? Yep, Ty Cobb. Uh, I don't know. Babe Ruth? Okay. Christy Mathewson and Walter Johnson. So you got a couple of them? I would have I'm never got those last Babe, uh, I'm surprised you did Babe Ruth. But anyway, yeah, that was it. Ty Cobb actually got more votes than Babe Ruth did, which is astounding to me. But uh, yeah, they had the baseball writers back then were doing the voting too. Well, if you look, if you look back at, at Ty's, I read a couple of books about Ty Cobb. But if you look back at his numbers, I mean, he was amazing. Like he was winning triple crowns left and right in the dead ball era when nobody was hitting home runs. I mean, he didn't. But hit Babe, his... Babe Ruth was Babe Ruth hit more home runs than the rest of the league, I think, one year. Some crazy like that. The so. game changed though with the Babe. It was, I mean, like the home run champ was hitting like eight a year before he came along. Well, uh, it, uh, it, you know, that's kind of cool. Do you know why the Baseball Hall of Fame is in Cooperstown? I don't. It's because that's where, myth, at least mythically, uh, Abner Doubleday invented the game. Hmm. Okay. I don't, even know if he, I don't even know if he really invented the game. But it was, here's another question for you. Uh, the baseball, it happened, if I get this right, let me make sure I got this right. It was set to open in Cooperstown on the game's centennial anniversary. So that's that that came a couple years late. That was in 1939 is when they dedicated the Hall of Fame proper. But uh, anyway, yeah, baseball had been around for a hundred years before that, which is seems kind of crazy to me. Anyway, enough of that nonsense. I, I, I like that kind of historical stuff. I've never been to Cooperstown. Have you? No, have not. 
I mean, do you have any desire to do that? Does that sound like a fun day? Uh, I'd go if I were in the area. I don't. I'm not the type of person that would, you know, make a special trip to go to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Okay. What about I think you? I'd rather, You've never been. I, I I think I'd rather. No, I've never been there. I I think I would rather go to the Baseball Hall of Fame than any other Hall of Fame. I I, I think that uh, that would be an interesting day. And and I'm fascinated by history. And I know you're a student of history too, but I I like that kind of stuff. I really do. Yeah. Okay. The only Hall of Fame I've ever been to is the Country Music Hall of Fame, and I certainly enjoyed that. Not the rock and roll? No, I've never been to Cleveland, period. Hmm. But the the Country Music Hall of Fame in Nashville is awesome. And I'm not even the world's biggest country music fan, as you know, but that, was, know. Uh, know. that was super fun. Okay. I just, you know, anybody who has any kind of pursuit in any endeavor to be the best that ever, or be included in a group of the best of whoever did that particular thing is is pretty remarkable and and that's why you see these guys get all emotional when they get inducted it, it, it is kind of a nice moment well either emotional or you know rubbing it in brian russell's face again whatever that was <laughs> just proving to everybody that yes you were the greatest ever play i brian was there right i i think he wasn't he there isn't that why jordan well, didn't Jerry Sloan go in that same year? Yeah, the year? same year, yeah. So I think Brian was there, and he had to be looking around like, wait, is he talking about me? This is his Hall of Fame speech. Is he still talking? <laughs> Why is he talking about me? <laughs> what did I do wrong? Oh, that Brian. that was the, I mean, that that whole propaganda piece, the the last answer, whatever, that was one of the more kind of insightful things about it is you, you learn just how petty Michael Jordan was. Yeah, and it was frustrating because that really that thing was sanctioned by him, and I I like I like the whole truth being told, and it was kind of like they tried, but they you know Jordan try. had final say, and it was just I don't know, just didn't seem completely authentic, but it was still really interesting. You mean interviewing other people and then showing Jordan the footage so he can react to it and have the last <laughs> word? You know that strikes you as one sided, does it? <laughs> Here's what Gary Payton had to say about you and being able to guard you. Oh, yeah, well, I'm just going to go ahead and insult Gary Payton because I know I beat him anyway. Yeah. That's the way it went. Hey, I watched it. Mm-hmm. So Hey, I did too. I, I, I looked forward to watching it. So I got I got suckered into the whole thing, but I I thought, okay. And, and we, they did bring some – they did bring some – hard balls in there you know just asking them some questions but it just it wasn't i don't know i just felt a little uncomfortable with it well it was a huge win for espn and jordan himself i suppose yeah how many more of those do you think we'll see of what sports documentaries i think we'll see plenty no not i mean ones that are manipulated like that what do you mean manipulated like that well, that was manipulated by Jordan. Well, yeah, he had to give his con- well, he had to give right. his consent to have it released. He's the one who right. who like started everything to begin with. I guess the Tiger one that was recently uh, made available. Uh, he Tiger was a little upset about that, and they did not seek out his his uh, you know approval. But then again, he wasn't really interviewed for it either it was just other interviews but we we never would have gotten that footage if mj wouldn't have signed off i mean that was the whole premise around the documentary was that final season the camera crews followed him around for a whole year 
we would never would have seen that. The Tiger, I haven't seen the Tiger documentary, but it doesn't have that type of access. I mean, that was the whole you know, point of the, the series. May, yeah. It made me wonder a little bit because when I remember those seasons, I remember that season and they, there was a whole crew that came into our studio to film us when we were doing the, sh the show and they were asking questions and all kind of, it was probably a different group, but there were all kinds of camera crews following him around that year. All right. We'll get to more coming up right around the corner. Stay tuned, but let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch medical clinic. He's our friend, Andrew Reinhardt. Helping guys out before Valentine's Day, Andrew. Yes, we are, let's see, just shy of two weeks from Valentine's Day. So, you know, it's coming up, and uh, that is what we do. We help men in the bedroom with erectile dysfunction. ED, if you think about it, kind of step back from the problem. It's a blood flow problem. You don't have enough blood going into this part of the body. That's caused uh, that as a man ages, the blood vessels shrivel up, they die, and they even harden, so they can't dilate. Our treatments go in and they kind of reverse that. They soften the blood vessels, regrow everything so that you get more blood flow into this part of the body. It's kind of a plumbing problem. The big attraction to the acoustic wave therapy that we use is you don't have to take the pill anymore. Just imagine what 50% more blood flow would be like. That reverses erectile dysfunction for most guys. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you get this all the time, Andrew. Wow, does it really work? Well, the good news is a lot of really smart people have studied this thing, and the results are, are really promising. Yes, much smarter than me. They've done the, the studies. They've tested probably thousands, maybe tens of thousands of guys among about 45 clinical studies, including from Cambridge University. Those are posted on the science page at wasatchmedicalclinic.com. Uh, it, the science is sound. I mean, that's the, you know, we could spend days talking about it, but the science is sound. This works. And they all conclude that it's totally safe as well. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000 is the number to call. And Andrew, I like it because uh, you take all the risk out of this thing for, for our listeners. They can come in for free and see if this would be a good fit. Yeah, we want to make sure you're a good candidate. We also just believe in delivering a lot of value. If you decide against the treatments, this consultation, this offer will be great for you, a ton of value. The doctor will spend some time with you, an assessment. He'll conduct a blood flow ultrasound and test your blood vessels. Really cool. Um, and we'll throw in a little gift as a thank you that produces instant results in the bedroom. I don't think I've ever seen it fail. So call us now. All of that is no charge. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew, thank you very much. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, Andrew. Andrew Reinhardt. Again, that number, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. More Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is the 